Previously on, this is how we roll. So, uh, you cast this on yourself, and the barking changes in your ears, <laughs> and suddenly you hear three separate corgi voices, and they're saying many of the same things. Uh, you hear, uh, it sounds kind of like, Hey! Hey! Hey you! Who are you? Who are you? What are you doing here? Hey! Do you want to play? Did you, it seems like you did have a daughter. Did you have a? I don't. Did you have a daughter named Zoe Moranix? Do you know that? Do you know that that, that, that name, Zoe Moranix? You hear Zane yell, "Xander, they killed our dad! Who are these people? We got to get out of here!" Zane and Xander, uh, we are not here to hurt you. The bottom line is, at some, you know, we're all gonna die soon, anyways. Lyle uh, flicks his wrist and his wand blasts open the doors to this office. Melinda, how could you? Dean Spellgood looks taken aback. Um, She looks incredibly shocked. You've come to know this, but I've been keeping a secret from the world for some time now, and it seems that you've unraveled at least part of it. Spellgood says, I'm so sorry. I don't know how you've come to know this, but I've been keeping a secret from the world for some time now. And Lyle is, is watching this intently the entire time as well. And she goes on and says, My daughter, Zoe, she disappeared a few months ago and she made a bit of a scene before she left. She confronted me in my office and shouted things at me. Things that other people in the building heard. She blamed me for her loss. She blamed me for her inability to save him. She accused me of inhibiting her search for answers, and she divulged that she had learned how to reach the dark plane of nightshade. You see, she found old secrets. She followed the breadcrumbs left by Biriel 25 years ago. She was driven mad by her quest to find him. And I feared that she may follow in his footsteps. If others learned what she learned, there could be an army of evil that would burst forth from the seeds that she planted, whether she meant to or not. She was one of the brightest sorceresses of her age. She had so much promise and could have done anything. So I have covered her her tracks. I dared not pursue her myself, and I cannot claim to know entirely how to do so if I wanted to. Please, I beg you to forgive me. Lyle, I'm so sorry. And Lyle... Lyle looks at her with a look on his face of a mixture of pity and disgust. And as he does that, he pulls out the rudimentary wand that you saw him wielding back at the exit to his house, and he taps it on the desk. And I am going to need everyone to make a charisma saving throw. Twelve. Thirteen. Ten. Uh, Twelve. All right, the spell save on that was a 17, so nobody saves. And Lyle has cast Zone of Truth. So everyone within the magical zone is now uh, within a 15-foot radius sphere from the point at her desk, which is going to include Flint in the closet. Um, Shoot. Everyone is now unable to willingly speak a lie. Um, So uh, an affected creature is aware of the spell and can thus avoid answering questions to which it would normally respond with a lie. Such a creature can be evasive in its answers as long as it remains within the boundaries of the truth. But basically, none of you can lie, um, and you see all four of you, well, actually three of you, because Flint, I don't think you can really see out of this wardrobe, right? No, I don't believe I can. Okay. All four of you, uh, well, sorry, all three of you can see Dean Spellgood. Those of you in the room can see Dean Spellgood. And she has sort of this momentary glazed look over her eyes. And she looks at Lyle and says, I'm so sorry that it came to this. I didn't, 
I didn't mean for you to have to use magic to extract the truth from me. I promise you that I'm not lying to you. Uh, which seemingly verifies what he had hoped that she was telling the truth. Um, and he says, how did you make me forget her? How could you, Melinda? Our daughter, our only daughter, how could you make me forget her? And she says, I had no choice, Lyle. I had to cast a memory charm on all of those in the college who knew of her. Lyle, I know you will not forgive me, but you were so adamant about finding her, going after her. You were consumed by the idea of it. I would not let you abandon your sons in pursuit of a daughter who was already lost. I may have failed her as a mother, just as I failed those three boys 25 years ago, but I would not fail my sons. Um, right around this time, Flint, you hear a crackle from a smooth, dark stone in the wardrobe next to you, and it makes enough noise that everyone in the room can hear a voice. Uh, they can't hear what it says, but uh, Flint, what you hear is sort of a walkie-talkie type sound, and you hear shift change complete, Washington signing out for the day, and uh, everyone sort of turns and looks toward the wardrobe when that happens. Um, and Lyle turns and says, is there someone there? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're unable to lie, so. <laughs> yes. Oh, right. I. What are you doing in there? He was with us, Melinda. Don't worry. He's with them. Get. I was hiding. Get out. What, what was that you? Did you make that noise? <laughs> no, it wasn't. What was that? I, I don't know. It. I gotta be honest, I don't know. Sounded like something kind of rocky sort of something. Maybe something to do with somebody signing out? Does that ring a bell? And Melinda says, Ah, oh, that would be the shift change down in the bottomless pit. So at the, at the mention of the, uh, the bottomless pit, I'm like, Right, the place with all that gold. Kind of putting my fingers <laughs> together. So... So why, do do you know what goes on every day here, Dean? Like, do you remember it? Well, yes. You remember every day. I know what goes on here at the college. I'm in charge of it. But. So you know about the bottomless pit. You know about the, uh, the time loop, yes? I don't know what you're talking about with the time loop. Of course I know about the bottomless pit better than anyone. We are living the same day over and over again. Fascinating. Up until about 7.30 or so, and then we all die. Uh, Speaking of the time, as you all are talking, uh, give me a perception check, everybody. 23. Natural 20. (laughs) Five. Macecore and Flint, you both notice a several-second-long shadow passing over the windowsill to the tower. Just uh, as you talk. You don't notice anything else at the moment, but you definitely see for just a few moments the light definitively changes outside of the window. So so you know about your daughter and you're doing something with the pit, but we have been living the same day over and over again. We know about the pit... And other things. So you, you. What do you mean you've been living the same day over and over again? Well, every day at around seven thirty, as Mace Corps said, we are. The the ground splits well, we open. We kind of die, and the ground opens up, and we get followed in, and then we poof, we are back outside uh, college at, uh, and it's the same day. Melinda, they're telling the truth. We don't have much time left. Uh, while you guys are still trying to convince her, I'm very concerned with the shadow, and I just look at Mace Core. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm a, a little fuzzy still because uh, of the whole rando thing. Am I remembering, like, a dragon that comes out this time of day? Oh, crap. You're right. We did oh, just do a dragon. dragon. Uh uh, Dean Spilman, do you know about the dragon we awoke? Uh, what? 
What dragon are you Not talking me, about? Not me, though. In, I don't know anything about a dragon. In the salt mines, we said we said something earlier, and you seem surprised too. But why are the salt mines closed if you didn't know about the dragon? Well, the salt mines are just long defunct. We haven't used those salt mines here in centuries. Well, a dragon has There's been. a dragon in the salt. A big one, not me. Lyle looks around and he says, This is the craziest shit that I've ever heard. I can't believe that you're all telling the truth, but I know that you are, because you're in my zone of truth. It, it would appear that maybe the dragon remembers too, like us, because we didn't go into the pit today, but now it's hunting us. Oh dear, that's not good news at all. No. It's not. I mean, it could be worse. Well, debatable. Um, Dean, if you had to dispatch a dragon, do you think you could handle that for us? Oh, I don't know. Lyle was more of a combat specialist, but I'd, I'd rather we not have to face off with a dragon. What did you take from the dragon? Why did you take something from this dragon? We took a stone because it has time-altering abilities, and we want to get out of this time loop. Yes, we took uh, the moonstone. Young man, could you please speak a little more quickly? Uh, as as I've heard you tell it, we are short on time. Well, d I mean, in the end, we're just going to come back here, but... Um... How will I, yeah, how will I know, though? Thing we're not, yeah, if, if there's one thing we're not short on, it's time, Dean. But I'm... I won't remember any of this. I haven't been in a time loop. Why, why don't you hold on oh. to a moonstone whenever we all die and see if you remember? I, I mean, I suppose that's worth a try. Do you have a moonstone? No. Uh, I don't know if we have one to spare. We, I, I, I thought maybe you have one mm -hmm. in the office. Well, I always, I always have a moonstone in my stone collection. Oh. Great. Well, that that would work. Um, so, uh, Dean, you know what's in the laboratory then? If you had where people guard in the laboratory, of course. In my own studies, I heard Laszlo's name from time to time, and I was familiar with the nature of his work here at Carl College. He advanced magic more than any other professor in the school's history, but I suppose that even his experiments had their limits. What do you know about Laszlo's work? Well, we know a lot. Uh, <laughs> we think Zoe is in the other plane that Laszlo was working with, and we need to uh, get down there and read the runes on the mirror down there and have a white birch tree twig and a moonstone in hand. As I remember, don't I still have the plant from their home mm -hmm. office in, yes. uh, with me? Okay. <laughs> um, and actually, give me a perception check, Flint, real quick. All right. It's a 16. Uh, that's good enough. It's not really hidden. You actually see that there is another one of these small bonsai-type trees on her desk in her office as well. It sort of matches the one, the pottery matches the one that you stole from their house, um, which you are, like, clumsily hiding behind your back right now. Fair enough. So, uh, upon noticing that plant, I'm going to say, hey, uh, Drez, go touch that plant. Uh, okay, I guess so. I'll go touch the plant. Okay. All right, Dresden, we're going to do, we're going to do two different scenes here. Uh, one with Dresden and then we'll cut back to everyone else. Dresden, suddenly... Behind you, a gust of wind blasts open the doors to the office, and it knocks them right off of their hinges. Outside of the windows, you now look around where you are alone with Dean Spellgood, and the, the weather is terrible. There's lightning striking all around the campus, and rain lashing against the windows in sheets. Melinda Spellgood sits at her desk, staring in Zoe's direction as she enters, looking distraught. And Melinda says... I gather that you have reached the end of your search. And Zoe laughs somewhat maniacally and responds, Of course I have, Mother, and you know that. I know that you do not approve of my pursuit, but it is the only way that I can go on. I have to try to find him, Dean Spellgood says. Darling, we've been over this. He was consumed by something. The Buriel that you knew 
The Biriel that you loved, he no longer exists. Dabbling with the arts that led him down a path of evil is dangerous. You are stronger than him, a better student of magic. Imagine the terror he could have wrought if he were even more powerful, or if he had taken you with him that night. Damien and Fabius's loss has faded, but if I were to lose you, it would never fade. Please, Zoe, you must see reason. Zoe stares out the window. She says, I am very close now, Mother. I only lack one piece of the puzzle, and then I will be able to pursue him to Nightshade. I need you to tell me. And now let's cut back to everyone else in the office. Um, Dresden touches this tree, and he just kind of sits there with a slack-jawed look for a few moments. And suddenly, you feel the building shake. And Lyle Spellgood jumps from his seat and says, Is that the dragon? Um, it could be the dragon, or it could be the ground getting ready to open up. What can we do? What's our recourse? Um, grab onto a moonstone if you have one, and otherwise just, I don't know, get ready to fall into oblivion, and then you'll wake up, but you won't know it, probably. Um, you see Dean Spellgood pull a small, round, smooth, white stone from her desk drawer, and she holds onto it. Um, Lyle turns around and faces the hallway, uh, with his wand drawn. And suddenly, the ceiling above the hallway breaks open, and you see the giant claws of a white dragon reach into the hallway to scoop out a larger opening, and it plummets through the ceiling of this building, and it stands staring you down in the hallway. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's a dragon. This isn't the end yet. Um, I would suggest we run. We and in Draconic, the dragon says... You have stolen what is mine. And then it breathes a column of white flame, and you are all consumed by the flame before you can react. Now, meanwhile, let's cut back to Dresden. So, Dresden, uh, <laughs> you had just heard Zoe stay, say, I need you to tell me. And then what you hear is kind of blurred out by static or it's like the signal on this vision is 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 fading and you just hear tower I know destiny and then you hear some more murmuring you hear the word fear you hear some more murmuring the word secrets and then the scene goes dark Everyone else, uh, you're engulfed in this white flame, and it is searingly hot, and suddenly the ground beneath your feet gives way, and you look down and see that there's no longer a floor underneath you, and the earth has opened up and swallowed the entire wizarding hall, and the dragon plummets alongside you, and you see it writhing as it falls, and suddenly you know no more and the world goes dark. So this time, you all plummet to your death. It's a familiar feeling for all of you at this point. Dresden, after the vision ends, after you sort of had it obscured by some sort of interference, in those moments that you spend in the gray space after you have died, you once again hear two whispering voices. They say, our strength is failing. You may not have much more time. Come and find us. Did everybody hear the words there? I can read them out with a real voice. Her strength is failing. You may not have much more time. Come find us. Um, and it's and Dresden, it is two distinct whispering voices saying this. Um, and then you all find yourselves walking back through the entrance toward Call college. If this turns out to be her brothers, I'm gonna kill them. Hi everyone, it's Keegan, your Felocial, and I'm here with your mid-roll announcements. 
If you're enjoying the show, there are a few things you can do to help the show grow. First, you can leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening. Ratings and reviews help us to be noticed by more listeners like yourselves. And with a lot of D&D podcasts out there, those ratings and reviews are greatly appreciated. Let us know what you think of the show. You can also tell a friend or family member about our show. Word of mouth is another great way for our show to be spread to more listeners. And you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisishowweroll and contribute as little as a dollar a month to get lots of great bonus content. I think episode 9 of the Von Ralea side quest is coming out on that this week. So head on over and check it out and listen to a whole side campaign. And thank you to our two patrons, Junior and Johanna. You help us to grow our content for the listeners. That's all I have, so thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here next week on This Is How We Roll. Um, All right, so here's what I would suggest... I would suggest that you all take a few minutes before entering the college to discuss new observations, maybe come up with a list of things that you still need to figure out and a strategy for doing that before you just dive headlong into it this time. And you can just take as much time as you need to kind of strategize. And if you have any questions, um, not, and I'm not saying that you did dive too much headlong into that last one. you made a lot of progress. It was just absolute chaos out of, uh, out of sheer luck. Um, so, uh, so yeah, maybe just talk Discussion to each other. You, if you, yeah, I was going to say, if you want to do it in character, I think that would be cool. So what happens? We just got our brains scolded out of our faces. Yeah. So you've all basically been melted and, uh, returned back to the forest clearing leading toward call college. Um, before we go... Yeah, this is... Uh, I'm, like, so in shock because I don't remember... I don't remember dying before Rando's wand made me flint. That... that was the worst one. Oh, uh, God! Flint, I don't know why you told me to touch the plant, but I'm glad that you did. I saw a scene, uh... With... Yeah, it was, like, drugs, right? Uh, yeah, like drugs. Uh, with Jove uh, yeah. and Dean Stoggood, and she's clearly looking for burial. Um, she said she was very close. She just needed one more thing. And then I heard static, but I made out the words tower, destiny, fear, and secrets. So, um, and I don't know, did you, did you guys hear whispering? And we were in the plane. Did anyone else hear whispering? I just heard my skin sizzling. Ah. Yeah, I was doing a lot of screaming. Do I have hair? Did all my hair burn off? Did it come back? Uh, all your hair is there. I mean, I... And then, then I throw up on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I get how you feel, Macecore. Uh, so you heard something about a tower, is that right, Dresden? Yes, I heard uh, Tower, Destiny, Fear, and Secrets uh, from, I assume, Zoe, but it was very blurry. And then in the plane, I heard a whisper, uh, two whispers of her strength is fading. You may not have much time. Come and find us. So I, I fear we are towards the end of our time loop. And if we don't break it... We're just going to die. We could be in... Well, I think die. I've, I think I've got this. All right. Okay. The tower has secrets, uh-huh. and it's our destiny to go there. And whoever's there fears that we're going to steal their stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there's a lot of towers, though. Oh yeah. That's. I mean, we've been to a few of them. Wait, Drez, do you do you still have that magnifying glass? No. No, I don't. Well, hopefully we can get it a little easier this... Wait, do we need it? Or did we bypass that? Uh, we're going to need it to read the runes unless we can just... Oh, I mean, we should probably go talk to Dean Spellgood sooner, right? Well, did you guys catch that 
So Wei was in love with Burial? Uh, definitely. That was definitely the feeling I got in the uh, in the vision. After, um, uh, that was, of course, after Dresden explained his vision to all of you in excruciating detail. And then I'll just say it again for... Wow, uh, Dresden, did you catch that? It seems like Zoe was in love with Burial. Uh, yes, very much so. I swear, if she is the reason. But... I swear. It, it sounds like... <laughs> She could be turned like he is, and maybe it's good that she's trapped there. If this yes, is just one I... big love story, I... <laughs> I... You gotta I love a bad boy. <laughs> what? Okay, so I guess we we should go to Dean Spellgood, right? Yes, and see if she uh, remembers us, if she was holding on to the... Um, the That's true, spell. yeah. What what was that business about running out of time? Are we more crunched than we were when we had infinite loops? It sounds yes. like it. I I fear that we might be uh, running out of loops to figure out what is going on. Maybe the well, I don't maybe like that. the restart is straining. If Zoe is in charge of this, it might be straining her. Yes, I believe she is in charge. When we're on the plane, I can see Zoe, and she has tears in her eyes. I, 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 I fear she is trapped. I don't believe she is as evil as uh, Ariel, but I don't know. When we get to the Inspell Good, we should figure out what towers we want to go to, since I was hearing about towers. Yeah, I, I feel like, remember that sign that says the abandoned watchtower is off limits? Yes. I I feel like that might be where we need to go. If if that's the tower that Burial used, like that vision from the Pool of Knowledge always showed him in a tower that mm -hmm. got exploded, so maybe it's that one. Well, if we have to go to both, there's, there's another one, I think, on the other side of campus, if I'm looking at my map right. What if after we talk to Spellgood, we get some of the the flying brooms so we can go from place to place. Just go faster. Mm -hmm. So a lot of stuff relies on her or we have the magic carpets too if we could get one of those. Oh, I did I mean did, did I say caught brooms? I don't know what I'm talking about. One of the flying well, I mean the, either one. We could raid the store or go to uh, Applied Sciences. I think that it sounds like we got a couple of things to do here, but certainly on the way up I think rather than feigning a concussion and melting the door off, maybe we'll just ask Petroglyph for the magnifying glass if we still need it. I'm thinking that could be a good good course of action. It's on the yeah, way. I mean, I think that or we just, if we go to Dean Spellgood first and we can convince her, she can probably make any staff member do whatever we want. Yeah, well, yeah. Best luck. She knows what's up now. If she was holding a moonstone, yeah. that is, if it didn't get burnt up in a fiery wrath. So, is our plan here to go to Dean Spellgood and then get uh, the magnifying glass and maybe some carpets and then go to uh, the Watchtower Van? Um, I guess maybe we could see which tower she thinks we should go to if she knows more than she told us. Now that's an idea. Why? Why are we not at just asking people? That makes so much yeah. sense for those two. They might provide information. Uh, I mean, maybe, it. maybe not. Um, are we? Are we going to get lunch at some point? Remember when or we went to the Wub and the, the ladies like, "Oh, we're not serving food right now." Yes. Hmm. You're right. Yeah, this place must be like uh, one of those uh, villages where they don't eat until midnight. What's up with that? I don't know, because All it's right. like 3 p.m. when we went there. Like, how do they not have <laughs> snacks? Yeah, All isn't right. this a college? Let's, I mean, like... Let's get oh, started. Right. And, right. Uh, before, right. Uh, and uh, Flint, best of luck with Rando's fund. And I hand it to... to the no, no, well, no, I got this. Could we just ask to go see Dean Spellgood right away? Do you think he'd take us to her instead of having to do this whole thing and risk Flint changing his feet for hands again or something? Guys, guys, guys. Guys, guys, guys. I got this. And I walk up to Officer oh, Jerry. Jesus. 
Just going in. Okay, Flint's going first. All right. Um, I'm going first, and I say, I'm Flint the Magician, and I want you... Very convincing. And I fan out, and I fan out my deck of cards to pick any card, and I'm willing right. to do a persuasion check on that. All right, I'll t- and he takes one. I, this is mine. All what right. do I do with it now? It, all right, memorize it. You guys, I orcs, you got great memories from what I hear. All right, go on. What's next? All right, and put and then I I cut the deck and I say all right. Tell and I, and I like feather the, the the cards down and I say tell me when to stop. Stop. All right, go ahead and put the card there. All right, and then slight. I, I'd like to do something where I sleight of hand, you know, palm his card. Uh, and throw them all up in the air and make it look like I caught one. All right. And then... Make and a then, sleight uh, of hand check for me. Let, let's do it. Let's see. 23. That's pretty good. Yep, you can pull off your trick. Describe it. And I... So I I, I, I stop. He puts it in. Uh, and through uh, some unworldly sleight of hand trick that I can't describe, pick the card out. Uh, I slap them in my hands. I blow and throw them all up in the air. And then I like seemingly pick a random one that was in my palm the whole time and flick it around and say, was this your card? Yep, that was my card. I'm going to need to see your magical ID, sir. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm right. gonna to come in. Um, Officer Jerry, could you get Dean Spellgood down here? Wait, who are you? I don't know you. How do you know my name? It says so on your shirt. Fair enough. All right. Why do you need to see the dean? That's where you're headed if you're registering. Is there any way she can just get here? We need to talk to her sooner rather than later. She's very busy today with registration. Uh, Can you just call her on your stone that you have there? Uh, Dean Spellgood does not have a security stone. Yes, she does. No, she does not. Just try it. Try it. Uh, make a persuasion check. That's going to be for Keegan. A natural one. <laughs> uh, Jerry, oh, Jerry's geez. not really going for it. He says, ma'am, I'm going to need to see your magical ID or this is going to okay, escalate. Okay, no, here it is, and I'll do it. Okay, you perform your magical identification and spell. And my leaves flutter around me. Uh, quick pause. Um... Flint does not have the ability to do this, Alex, so that's why he always has Rando the Magnificent's wand to perform some sort of magical thing. I thought I, I thought for sure the card trick would fool him. That was a good idea, but uh, nope, <laughs> he's not buying it. Oh, don't worry, I'm, 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 I'm going to come in here right now. Ah, Flint, you left your wand outside. I keep telling you, you need the wand to show your magical ID. Obviously, right, Jedi, right, I- right. I apologize to Officer Jetty. He, he he left his wand. Uh, so I give Flint the wand and I do my magical ID and I walk past him. Okay. Yep. Did that he works. let me pass? Yep. He let you go. Okay. I go and do my magical ID. All right. And Flint's still just standing there, kind of fumfering around with this wand. God, I very reluctantly sort of like shield my eyes and put the <laughs> wand up and go for it. Okay. Roll me a D10, please. Oh, gosh. Let's see, D10. That's a five. Right there in the meat. Meat of the curve. Um, all right. Uh, I need you to roll a D6. Oh, nice. Four. Um, all right. So as you wave the wand, you notice that Officer Jerry, who has sort of like a... Uh, he's kind of got like brown, like lightish brown hair. And it's going a little bit gray, just like very distinguished looking. Uh, and he has it pulled back into like a nice tight uh, ponytail. And as you flick this wand, his hair turns jet black. And you also get a feeling that something has happened to your hair as well, because the mustache under your uh, nose suddenly is much more noticeable in your periphery. Um, and uh, in fact, your hair has also turned jet black. And Jerry sees this happen as you wave the wand, and he says, Is that really what you meant to do? Absolutely. Well, that's 
<laughs> that's not really what we're looking for. Are you um, are you a new student? You're pretty old for abs- a new student. Yeah, I I look terrible. I've spent a lot of time in the sun. Uh, it's just I'm yes, our, new student. Well, all right, you you go on then and head right to the dean's office so you can get enrolled in some remediary classes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks, Jer. All right, and he lets you pass. Uh, he does not realize that his own hair has turned jet black. Uh, Flint, you look so much younger now. <sighs> yeah, so does Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, should we uh, go to Dean Spellgood's office, right? Yes, to the Dean. Yeah. Okay. Let's go pay her a visit. Oh, that sounds like we're going to beat her up. <laughs> Which, I mean, we might end up doing. Like, who knows? Let's go pay a polite visit. <laughs> if we had infinite time loops, I would say we should try beating up a lot of people with no consequence. But I'm starting to think there's more consequences now. Yeah, I think timing and, like, who knows if people will remember this or if they'll just be dead when we're done. All right. So we're in her office. All right. You are in the dean's office. Uh, you go up the stairs. You see a couple of other new students uh, filtering out of the room. As you climb the stairs and Dean Spellgood is sitting on the other side of her desk and she says, Welcome to Call College. I assume you're here to register. Damn it. (laughs) I assume the Moonstone didn't work then. I'm sorry? Are you you alright, dear? No. Are you here to register? No, we've been here before. In fact... (laughs) All right, whoa, 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 full of steel. We got to be careful how we break people's brains again. <laughs> She's been breaking a lot of people's brains. Excuse me? What are you talking yeah. about? Uh, Dean, how you put a... does the name Zoe Moranis mean anything to you? Oh, God. Uh, you see her flick her wrist and the doors to her office slam behind you. And the shades on the windows draw and the light becomes slightly dimmed and eerie and she says now why on earth would you come into my office and say that name because she's your daughter we've been here before we've been here before we were just here we we, we know about zoe Moranix. we know that she's your daughter and that you were and that she you were trying to protect her and that she went after burial and that you had to hide it from your husband lyle we, we've been here before we need your help Trying to save her. Make a persuasion check. Oh, I'm not good with persuasion. <laughs> It'll Goodbye. hopefully be better than my one. <laughs> from, oh, from the kids. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, three. <laughs> a three. Um, with a three, she's not really buying what, like, what you're selling there, Dresden. <laughs> um, she says, all right, the rest of you, tell me why you are here right now. Or I'm going to call security. It It is exactly what he just said. And you have a stone in your wardrobe that's connecting down to the bottomless pit. Because you're keeping that secret. What else do you want to know? What else do uh, we have, ro- you guys? Roll a, roll a persuasion. For us, y'all. 18. Uh, she looks a little bit more convinced by you. Um, and she... She's starting to, she's taking a slightly less aggressive stance as she sits back in her chair, looking slightly dumbfounded. We we are just trying to help your college and your daughter. What do you know about my daughter? How do you know about my daughter? We've seen her in the, in the plains and she's talking to us. Uh, have you grabbed that moonstone you have? Could you just hold it in your hand? Oh. I had it in my hand a little while ago. I just oh. absentmindedly must have pulled it out of my desk. Like, now? No, I put it back in a few minutes ago. I don't know why I was holding it. Uh, that, why are you talking we, about my moonstone? We to- never mind, We never told mind. you to hold it right before we died, so you must have been holding on to it still. Maybe its power isn't strong enough because it's too small. Uh, I don't know what you're referring to. Uh, we, we know that your husband's name is Lyle. We know that uh, Zoe uh, had a, a thing with Buriel. Like, how are we all gonna know this, Dean? Uh, make a persuasion. Make a persuasion check, may score. Oh, okay. Ooh. Uh, oh, I don't. Are you being romantic? 
Well, yeah. So I think I actually have a. <laughs> I think I have like a one instead of the four here. Oh Jesus! Oh Christ. my God! Oh, oh God! Oh, natural goodness. One. A natural one. Um, so she's looking very skeptical again. Um, and I think that everyone has spoken except for Flint. So she kind of turns to you, Flint, and says, Well, are you? is your story the same as theirs? Do you agree? No, I have a completely similar story that makes much more sense, I'm sure. Uh, you have two sons that are drinking right now. And you have to believe me. And we're just good deed doers. And uh, uh, make a persuasion check. <laughs> Twenty-two. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, when you say that her sons are drinking right now, she actually looks at you and says, "My sons, what are my boys up to? How do you know that?" Well, you see, uh, Dean, uh, we've done this. Guys, what, what, I look at you guys and I'm like, how many uh, times have we done this? Probably close to 30. 40, 100 times. 40, 45, 50, a lot of times. See, we're stuck in a time loop that you're somehow involved in, but we think that, uh, you know, Zoe, your daughter that we know about, who was in love with Burial, um, and you weren't really supportive of it. Uh, it's you don't like, know uh, what you're talking about. Hold All on. Right. And I she w- walks over to the window facing the wizard's brewery, uh, even though she's high up in the, ta- in the tower. Um, and down below, um, you all can actually see, she has big windows, so you can kind of see too, that there is a very tall, gangly man in a trench coat trying to make his way into the wizard's brewery. And she throws open her window and says, Zane, I see you. Don't you dare. I'm going to, you are going to get it when I get home. And uh, you see Zane hop down off of Xander's shoulders and they both skedaddle back toward their house. She turns around to you all and says, well, it seems that we found ourselves in a very interesting position. I don't understand what's happening here, but I believe you. So what do you need from me? What is going on? Or have you seen my daughter? Can we save her? I, I feel like we have our stories all over the place. Um, um, well, you have my attention, guess. so fill me in. I thought you looked a little old to be new students anyways. Whoa, I've got perfect jet black hair, Dean. Not you, sir. Although your skin looks right. a little bit... Never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh Dean, we need full access to all areas of the campus. Uh, we need access to the towers. Um, we need some flying brooms or carpets. And we need to we need you to tell us what's in those towers because we need to go visit both of them. And, and a magnifying glass. Oh, oh and, yeah, yeah. Good call. And, and, and that stuff out of the uh, plain boring lady's uh, desk drawer. The bat I'm, and the teeth. I'm sorry? That that one teacher, well, she's okay, very listen, bland. I, I can give you a note with my insignia and my signature, and I will give you permission to access anything that you need on the campus. But what can I do? What What is going on? I, I don't... Uh, so maybe let's say do, that you gave her sort of a general overview of everything that's happened. So um, do, do you know how to read runes? We need to be able to read the runes that are around the mirror. And, well, you want to speak with Professor, Professor Glyph. Well, we need her magnifying glass and we need access to the bottomless pit. Could you go to the bottomless pit and let us in No there? need. And she pulls a stone out of her desk and says, M here. I'm going to have some guests coming your way soon. Uh, and it crackles back and says, Washington, we read you. Thank you very much. Uh, how many guests and what will they? how will they be entering? And she says... Well, I don't know. What's what's the way that you prefer to enter the bottomless pit, the four of you? The only way we know is through the well. Well, they'll be coming through the well, Washington. Please watch out for them. Do not attack them. They have my permission to visit the bottomless pit. Also, uh, there's a dragon in the salt mines around 630 that's going to come out and try to kill everyone. So maybe you... What the fuck are you talking maybe about? Maybe you could deal with that. <laughs> also, I need your plant. What plant? Uh, this plant? I want yes. to touch the plant. 
I want to touch the plant again. That's a very strange request, but sure, why not? Uh, are you touching the plant? Yes. I didn't want to touch it yet. Okay, Dres- Dresden's that. touching the plant. Um, Dresden, everyone else, uh, you're still sitting there. Dresden, you just have a momentary blackout again. And this time, you see the same vision uh, all the way through, the same dialogue in the same room with the storm raging outside and the doors blasted off their hinges by Zoe and her in her rage. Um, and she says, I need you to tell me how you hid the tower. I know where it should be, but I can't find it. I know you're behind this magic. Please, mother, if you've ever loved me, please let me go fulfill my destiny. Let me try. I, I still love him. And Dean Spellgood looks into the eyes of her daughter and sighs, and she says, Perhaps this is truly your destiny, but I fear no good will come of it. When you face the true nature of fear, promise me you will think of the ones you love. Do not give in and become a monster like him. If you do, you know we will have to fight against you next. And then she says, A strange phrase, Dresden, that sort of stands out in your mind because it doesn't fit the rest of the dialogue. She says, The watchful tower ever sleeps, but dangerous secrets it still keeps. And as soon as she says that phrase, you see Zoe blink a few times, and she then rushes out of the room. Melinda Spellgood slowly sinks into her seat and openly weeps as the rain lashes down on a blustery cold winter day, and then the scene goes dark. Everyone else, you're sitting there. You didn't even notice Dresden drifting off. Um, and uh, Dresden, you're you're back in the scene too. What's everybody doing? So could you get us the magnifying glass from Professor Glyph and then some carpets from the science building? The note, the note should get you into all of those places. Uh, Dean, where is the watchful tower? Excuse me? The watchful tower. Where, where is it? I, we have, we have two watchtowers remaining. Do you, are you are referring you to those? Are you hiding one? The one that always sleeps? But the, but the, the secrets that it keeps? Um, what, why, yeah, about? why are you rhyming, Dresden? And Dresden, that's really make, weird. um, man, I don't even know. Make an insight check. <sighs> Fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Six. Um, she says, she says, why do you need to know about that tower? I don't think that that really pertains to you. Well, when I touched the plant, I saw the rest of your scene with Zoe and she wanted to know that you hid the tower and you told her that when she faces the tower, she must think of those that she loves. Otherwise you'd be forced to come after her. And then you said... The watchful tower never sleeps, but dangerous secrets it keeps. Yeah, dangerous secrets it still keeps. Um, and weirdly, as Dresden says that phrase correctly, um, <laughs> at least that's what we're going to assume, um, as, he, as he recites it word for word as he heard it in the vision, um, all of you feel a sort of fuzzy sensation in your brains Uh and just for a moment you have a strange alteration of your memories um and i need you each to make a history check are you wiping our memory (laughs) tristan yeah i maybe 19 11 16 if i can find where history is i would do it (laughs) A five. Oh God. Mayscore, you you're the first to sort of discern what has happened in your memories, and you now recall that any time that you had eyes on Laszlo's Angel, the giant statue on the hill in the northwest corner of campus, it no longer appears as an angel in your memories. It now appears as a ruined tower the side of which has been blasted away by some sort of dark magic. Um, guys, uh, 
Lazo's angel is not really an angel. It's another tower. But we went we went up there because I thought that it was weird that it was there. And it's a it's a it's a statue. Uh no no, you all you all as soon as he says that, you connect those dots as well, and you remember it now being a tower when you were there. Oh my <sighs> god, you're right. You're right, Miss. And Dean Spellgood looks around and says, Well, there you've done it. You've uncovered my memory charm regarding the tower. Of course, that's the tower where Biriel disappeared and took two of our dear students with him on that fateful night many years ago. I've kept it hidden from all of our faculty and students for years now. I don't quite understand how you've discovered this secret, but you must use this secret responsibly. But how how have you kept that secret if uh, Damien Hall, is that named after one of the boys, though? Yes, and everyone here remembers him fondly. How do they think he died? She says, he was killed by Biriel. That's what everyone knows, and that's the truth. Uh, Dean, did Zoe go to Laszlo's tower? Uh... After the night after you had your conversation? Is that the last time that you saw her before she went to the tower? Well, I suppose I should give you the real name of the tower, as you've discovered its whereabouts. It's known as the Tower of the West Wind. God, what did he sound like? Did he have a very distinct, distinctive voice? I don't think he did. But he says... He was like, he was like deep man He was voice. like angry, kind of. Well, yeah, I mean, he was pretty angry, and he's still pretty angry. He says, 